This is Mark Rouse checking in with you with Adam Rule, one of my day ones. Uh, Adam, you get one plug on Mark My Podcast. So what do you want to plug? My butt, man. With what? What do you want to plug your butt with? <laughs> what a plug. Like a social media plug. Of your asshole. Maybe you can send a picture of your asshole, your actual asshole to TMZ. <laughs> like, no, uh, I mean, if I guess if you need a roof, siding, gutters in the greater Cincinnati tri-state area, give me a call. Oh, wow. Rules roofing is the, well, uh, well rule roofing. Yeah. Uh, DBA empire. No, that's not how that works. So there's empire contractors which you are an employee, you're a sales Okay, but for certain jobs, it, they can fall under rule roofing. I just had to ignore a call for this thing, dude. <laughs> a work call? Yeah. Shout out to Empire, they're hiring. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, first of all, this episode is always delivered to you by Siler's drive through Adam, have you ever been there? Yeah, I've driven through one time. Okay, that's cool. And uh, we're edited by Descript, and that's pretty much it. This, there's not going to be any Altos or Jewels or Marlboros or any kind of uh, drug-related sponsors for this episode. We're just hanging out. It's, it's Thursday afternoon. But we do have a high five. And I think this is the first episode with an actual high five. The first two haven't had them, but that's okay. We're going to do it here. Put your, put your hand up. High five. Nailed it. So we just went over our high five and most of yours are very story based. Now for everybody listening, Adam has been basically a babysitter for me uh at my most manic of times so on two different occasions he basically took care of me and watched over me and made sure that I didn't do anything uh too crazy but too crazy is very relative and Adam did struggle quite mightily at at times to keep to keep me tame 
but the first thing that we need to talk about is basically this sh- this trip that you and your um my now eventual, wife yeah now wife eventual mother of your child future baby baby's mama future baby mama she uh you you <laughs> she and you took a trip up to chicago to move me back home when i was at my worst um i had gone back to chicago to take down groupon and in the middle of taking down groupon i have another panic attack uh and i'll just kind of let you start from there so i i call you up and i say hey i'm no longer employed at at city dining cards i'm moving back home i need you to come with your truck uh now you take over yeah pretty much uh we we scheduled a weekend i guess it was like two weeks from that phone call i knew something wasn't right with you (laughs) you were just acting goofy um yeah i uh I pitched it to Ann like it was going to be a fun weekend. <laughs> like a, you know, a fun weekend, get away to Chicago. See your boy, Mark. See my boy, Mark. Have a good time. See the city, you know. Um, yeah, I, I asked you to make sure you had everything boxed up and ready to move back, throw in my truck. That way we can just, you know, load it up and go. But that was not the case. So you show up, you show up to Chicago. Tell me about the first 10 minutes, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Your car is out front. My car is out front. It's cold as shit. Um, Trying to figure out where you live. You're not being very responsive. Um, So I'm I'm sitting outside and you, you just hop in my truck. We find each other. You hop in my truck with this random chick. (laughs) I don't know who she was, but you were like, yeah, you can just park right over here. You know, it's all good. That wasn't the case. We had to, <laughs> we had to drive like six blocks the other way. So I guess Ange and that random chick went back up to your apartment while we and you went to go find some parking spot. Um, so this yeah. shout out to this random chick. Um I still really feel bad for that girl because (laughs) we went out on a date. Okay. And she, and she came back to my apartment and then um, I basically had been ignoring you for this date and I didn't really understand or care about her or her situation at all. And I was so like mean and disrespectful to her. Couldn't, couldn't have been more just condescending and just yeah. not a good person to this girl. And I just kind of, anyway, um, shout out to, her name was Jenny. Jenny Tinder in my phone. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Mark. Um, so, yeah. So, she eventually gets weirded out by something. I, I think I said something ridiculous to her. And she's like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and leave. Uh, so, then it's us three. And I start basically. I think it's like midnight at this point. Okay, and we I got start there late. I got we worked all day. We got there pretty late, and you're you know wanting to wanting to go out. Go ahead. Well, I asked you for money and for your shoes. Yeah, you're wanting to go out, go downstairs. You live right above a bar. Hopsmith. Uh, me, me Hop, I think just, it's Hopsmith. Yep. Yeah. Me, me and Andrew were just gonna lay low for the night, and you know wake up in the morning and and do Chicago. Um, 
So yeah, you didn't have any money. I gave you a hundred dollar bill, told you not to spend it all in one place, and you went out. But I was back pretty short <laughs> after that, pretty shortly after that, with a homeless man that needed your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah. And the hundred was me. gone almost immediately. I the thing is, I remember from that same night uh, taking two homeless guys to the ATM and getting out another hundred and giving it to them, and then they fought over it and kind of like, I was like, "What the hell's up with these guys?" <laughs> As if they were the problem. Yeah. And then, do you remember the protesters that were outside of the apartment giving out free hugs? No. Yeah, there was like five college kids that had signs that said free hugs. And I was just interrogating the shit out of these random college kids. You thought they were following you or something? I was like, yeah, who put you here? (laughs) So I get back that night a couple hours later. Well, I pretty much didn't sleep that night. Nor had I slept really at all that whole week. Yeah. Um, and Yeah. And I was up really early. And then I remember we went on a walk. Let me backtrack a second. Okay. The way you gave that homeless man, you called me. You were like, I'm coming up with my friend back to the apartment. I'm like, cool. You know, we're up here sleeping, whatever. We're just going to, you're like, we're just going to smoke. I'm like, that's cool. And you walk in the room with the homeless guy. I'm like, what the fuck? This dude's right off the street, man. You're like, yeah, he's my buddy. I'm like, cool. <laughs> and we're then cool. you guys, you know, fire up a bong or whatever. And, um, I think I think he asked you for like I don't know like a five dollar bill or something. He's like, you got any money? Or you you handed him the hundred dollar bill. You're like, you got any change? He was like, he was like, nah. Like, don't worry about it. Just keep the change. I'm like, hold Damn, on, that's, dude. What? <laughs> that's so unlucky that he didn't have change. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. <laughs> what a what a lucky like, bastard. That was my that was my fucking money, dude. And. The guy, the homeless guy, looked at me like he was about to pull a knife out of his pocket and fucking stab me. I was kind of like, "You, you gotta get, you kind of gotta get out of here." Dude. And then, and then, and then you got, and, and then he took you your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Like, yeah, this is already fucked. There's nothing in boxes in your apartment. I'm like, let me just fucking go to sleep, man. <laughs> okay, so then I remember another conversation. We're on the water in Chicago. And a woman and her daughter came up to us asking about where to get pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And you thought they were with the government or something. I did. I thought for sure they were government people. And do you remember what I did when I called Lou Malnati's? No. Yeah. So I, I call up Lou Malnati's for them. I'm like, hey, I need a reservation for two. I knew they didn't take reservations. <laughs> and they're like, we don't take reservations. And I went, well, you know, what if it's Michael Jordan? <laughs> and they're like, but well, still, we don't take reservations. I was like, are you telling me you're not taking a reservation for the Michael Jordan? And they're just standing there, these total strangers, yeah, this here nice Chicago. lady and her daughter. And he... <laughs> And they have this crazy guy trying to make them a re- All they said was, I don't even know, did they approach us or did we walk up to them? I think we asked them to take our picture or something. Okay. And then they did ask, like, where can we get food? Yeah. And 
And then so, um, so what happened that night? Because I really only remember it again from the following Sunday morning. We, I don't remember uh, what happened Saturday night, really. Saturday night, we went out to uh, Hopsmith again. They had some event going on down there. Um, there was a was it the NFL holiday party? No, there was yeah. I think there was a there was an NFL playoff game or something that night. We were watching the games. Um, oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers was playing. I remember that, and we were up at the very top. The yeah, yeah, up the spiral staircase to like the very top little five seater um, balcony thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cool. That it, what do you mean that was cool? Uh, I mean it was a I don't know it was a fun time. It was a fun time, but <laughs> was it really? I well, like other you, than the you fact had, that you had you're on the clock, other than the fact that you're wasted drunk and doing whatever the fuck you want to do, I don't know. Yeah, I had I I got drunk myself. I just didn't give a fuck about you at that point. That's good. You needed to have some Adam, some Adam momentum. That whole day, man. It was just so, stressful. You were just oh, talking with everybody. You thought everybody was looking at you, and yeah, okay. You and tried then, to steal. You tried to steal a fucking um, American. What is it? American Girl doll out of their store? No, I didn't. Did I? Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> I hate those things. They scare the shit out of me. Why would I want one of those? I don't know. You tried to walk. Around. They're too custom. They're too custom. You, you could. You, you just thought have, you were above the law. You shouldn't have that detailed fake things. I'm not about American. What's it called? American doll. People? American American girl doll. Yeah. American girl doll. That's the name of it. I th- yeah. That's creative. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I oh no! I remember doing something weird on their escalator when we went into the store. Anyway, oh no. Um, okay, but then then the really intense day happens. So it's because now it's Sunday morning. <laughs> And I wake up and like we gotta go. We gotta like we gotta nothing, go. Nothing is Cincinnati. nothing is nothing packed is up. packed. Nothing is packed. All right. So I wake up. I don't even really wake up because again, I wasn't sleeping. Uh, but I, I kind of come to around six a.m. and I'm like, hey, I'm heading. I'm heading to the gym. Yeah, you I'm got to the gym to work out. You got like Timberland boots on or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I head to the gym and I say, you know, hey. You got it here, you know. You, you, <laughs> I'm like, but we we have to start packing up, man. Like, we have to get this going here soon. And he's like, yeah, I'm only gonna be on for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> he just left. Oh man, I remember being in the sauna and the steam in the hot tub when I went in that morning, and I was legitimately just. You actually did go to the gym. I went to the gym, yeah, and I and I just did a steam room in a hot tub. And something else, because I was just, like, trying to do everything I could to relax or, or just wear myself out and become unconscious somehow. And it just didn't work. Yeah. And um, I thought, okay, I don't know if it was just, like, an allergy time of year. It really wasn't. It was the middle of winter. Um, but at the time, I was very aware of anybody that was doing anything – resembling winking okay mm-hmm. and i swear when i was at that gym that day i was in the hot tub or i was in the uh the steam and there's like three other dudes all just jacked and looked military 
And I swear all of them were like winking at me. <laughs> I was convinced that they were like giving me like a go ahead wink to do whatever I wanted. I didn't even know what they wanted, but they're like, Hey, you know, we're, the, we're your guns. We're here. Wink, wink. I was like, Oh yeah. Wink, wink, dude. I got this. <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> so, so did anything happen in the song with you then? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I went from the steam into the hot tub and then, you know, eventually I think shot some, like, went and shot basketball for a while shot some hoops yeah um i actually that was the same gym that uh dougie what's his name dougie mcbuckets what's that guy's name um it was called like dougie mcbuckets he played for i think not butler maybe butler uh but he was in the nba i would shoot at lunchtime with him i would see him up there shooting this was right after he got drafted by the Bulls in the first round when I was there. You don't even know his name. What's that? You don't even know his name. Dougie McBuckets or something. McDougal. McDougie. McDougie. Dougie McDougie. That's it's not name. ringing a bell for me. Well, he's a person. He's a real person. <laughs> um, okay, so we come back. We finally – oh, oh, no, 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 no. So – not only yeah. do I go to the gym, but I end up at back at Hopsmith in the same spot from Saturday night. No, no, no. Very you, came, you came back first. You came back from the gym. Me and Andrew oh, just yeah, waking up. Me and Andrew just waking up. We were like, all right, cool. We'll start getting these boxes and stuff together and, you know, packing this shit up and doing it. And uh, You're like, nah, nah, I'm just going to go down and watch the, uh, watch the game down at Hopsmith. You literally just left, dude. Like, walked out. <laughs> so me and Ange look at each other like, what the fuck? Um, whatever. So me and her kind of fooled around a little bit on your bed. Nice. <laughs> Shout out to Ange. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'll just, you know, I don't know. About 30 minutes later, there is a, an ambulance outside sirens downtown chicago i had a feeling man i'm like i I feel like that's i feel like that's for mark and angela's like there's no way there's like a million people in this city there you know it's it's nothing i'm like no i feel like that's for mark walk downstairs walk into hopsmith sure as shit you're getting carted down the steps in a stretcher you know unconscious so I did look unconscious. Yeah, you were out. Because of you it. said I kind of had a smile on my you had, face. You had a you had a goofy looking smile on your face, but okay. you were like your eyes were closed and you were like zonk. Okay, so I'll tell you what I remember from that. I remember going up there um, to the very top. Now you have to understand. Like the audience has to understand Hopsmith has a huge dance floor on the first floor, another huge bar area on the second floor. And then this spiral staircase that goes up to maybe a table that could seat six. And then there's a very skinny balcony kind of fence around it, but you're looking over everything, but to get all the way up there, you have to go up a spiral staircase. 
And I remember being all the way up there and I start panicking and I was friends with the staff. So I had the server that I was really close with come up and start talking to me. And then I said, Hey, I need you to go get, um, I'm trying to remember this guy's name. It doesn't matter his name. Uh, but basically like the head of security that I was already cool with this guy, <laughs> this guy, um, he comes up with maybe two other security guards and they start talking to me and I start telling them, Hey, I think I'm having a heart attack. I think I'm having a heart attack. I think I'm having a heart attack. Uh, and then I would slip in like, also, you know, I, I own this place and this is my place now. And you know, all of you work for me. And they're like, wait, are you, if you're having a heart attack, you know, that's fine. But what is this nonsense you're throwing out there? <laughs> so I give them the choice that they get to either call 911 and tell them that they're being held hostage and, or they could just call and say, I, we think one of our customers is having a heart attack. So they went with the second one yeah, uh, and covered my ass. I think, I don't really know because I know I didn't get arrested for anything that day. Um, they, you know, they basically, they knew I was going through something and just wanted me in the hospital, but they didn't want me to be pressing, have like charges pressed against me because I had been a regular customer there for four months and they knew me to right. be harmless. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I'm sitting there and there's about eight staff members surrounding me on the very top floor on that balcony. And they're talking, they're trying to talk me down just get me to calm down. And then finally, they tell me like, okay, the ambulance is here. And all I kind of really remember is I saw them coming up the stairs. And I just kind of like, collapsed onto the ground, like laid down onto the ground. Um, and then my vision went blank. And I started seeing like a rainbow track as if it was out of like Mario Kart. And I just kind of went onto this weird roller coaster where I was on this rainbow track, just flying around space and just like losing all relationship with like my senses and all I could really see were just like bursting lights and colors. Okay. And yeah. then, and then that <laughs> happens for what seems like infinity. And then everything went black and then I knew I was in the back of a car or in the back of an ambulance and I was covered up. My face was covered. I couldn't see anything, but I was being asked all these questions by the police. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What are you doing? Let me out. Let me out. Let me out. And like, and then eventually like, okay, like if we let you out of here, are you going to shut the fuck up? And I was like, yep. And then they lifted whatever this was off my head and I was in a wheelchair being wheeled into Northwestern and, so, you're, yeah. not, and you're not even at Northwestern yet right not at this point no when, okay because you I, had your truck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when, I just threw a lot out there so you gotta catch up yeah so when I saw you getting carted down the steps I started you know asking questions like what's going on what's wrong with them you know but like we don't know he, he collapsed you know fainted or whatever and he was laying on the ground. 
So I'm like, you know, I'm his friend. We're supposed to move him back home to Cincinnati today. Can you just check him out real quick, make sure he's good, and then, you know, just let him on his way. You don't have to take him to a hospital or anything. I'm like, no, we have to take him to the hospital. He's going to the hospital. I'm like, well, fuck, you know, what am I supposed to do? We're moving him back to Cincinnati, like, right now. You know, we have to go. And they just didn't care. And Were you we talking to, to the ambulance or the cops? I'm talking to the uh, – I'm talking to the both of them. Okay. I'm trying to get any information I can. Like, where is he going? You know, I don't know. So I ended up finding out where you were going. The problem was, is I didn't know where my truck was and they wouldn't give me a ride to the hospital. So <laughs> yeah, like another, I don't know, I guess another hour went by of okay. me not seeing you because I'm wandering the streets of downtown Chicago and like negative five degree weather early in the morning, middle of the winter, trying to find my truck. Ange uh -huh. called it quits after about half an hour. She was about to turn to frostbite. So oh my back God. up to the apartment. I ended up finding my truck, going to the hospital and meeting you there. First thing I see is you're getting in an argument with the security guard. <laughs> about the door the door was so cold that, that door kept opening and it was freezing and they wouldn't let me sit anywhere except right next to the door <laughs> isn't that what it was about yeah, yeah yeah it was bullshit yeah you kept trying to get up and walk out and they wouldn't let you yeah and there was a nurse that sat right next to me that i was really really sketched out by I didn't like her at all. I said, who the fuck are you? I didn't say that, but I was giving her those eyes. All right, so we're there. Yeah. And eventually we get called back. Yeah, eventually we get called back. You take it from there because it's, it's cloudy for me. Doctors asking questions, you know, what's wrong? You know, why are you here? You're just like not coherent um i try to take over and tell him you know he's just um he's <laughs> under a lot of stress you know he's smoking a lot of weed you know yada yada he's just really high right now he'll be fine you know oh you said that you said yes. that trying to say anything just to get you the fuck out of there you just said this guy's way too high that's it yeah oh, okay all right because mm -hmm. what the only thing i remember from that conversation is do you remember he said pretty much verbatim uh if i let you go here right now are you going to make me regret it and i said he, no he yeah he he said that he asked you as well do you have thoughts of hurting yourself and you said well yeah i said yeah oh. yeah and i can't believe that they would let you go they let you go pretty much because i was there i told him you know he'll be fine i gotta we gotta take him back to cincinnati today you know we're gonna get him checked out when he gets home so they pretty much like released you to you like under, under my custody yeah yeah um i just remember him being like hey if i let you out of here like are you gonna are my boss is gonna get mad at me and i was like Nah, dude, I got you. I'm out of here. See ya. <laughs> it's just, I can't, it's just so unprofessional, in my opinion. Yeah.
to to be to to um to take any stake in what I had to say at that moment, given the context of why I was at the hospital. I kind of blame myself, dude. Looking no, that would be so dumb because you were there. You were there to help. I remember we walked out of um, the hospital and I was so convinced that I was in some sort of Grand Theft Auto 5 like simulation. Is that Ange? Ange just got home from lunch. Hey, how's it going? How are you? Pretty good. Adam and I are just recording a little something something. We're reminiscing on the Chicago trip. <laughs> yeah, Ange, what are, you, what are your thoughts overall on the Chicago trip? Five stars? Oh, I didn't see that. Sorry about that. I mean, five stars that we brought to you ended up bringing me back home. Nobody was hurt. <laughs> Nobody um, did get hurt. Yeah, and that you were able to come back home, which is ultimately what we needed to do. But um, was it was it one of the best weekends you've ever had? Mm -mm. Would you recommend a similar like Airbnb experience for anybody to go through what you went through that weekend with me? Do you think I was a good Airbnb host? No. No. <laughs> one star. Negative. How many negatives? <laughs> like just two. <laughs> two. All right, negative two out of uh, positive five stars. All right, I'll take that. <laughs> Um, okay, so where do we leave off? So, uh, yeah, we were, so this we, idiot doctor, whoever this idiot doctor was, I got to go back through my paperwork and out this dude because whatever. Um, but anyway, so I get released from Northwestern basically just with some paperwork. Um, and I remember walking out. Do you remember walking out of the hospital with me? And I was kind of yeah, like jumping was, around like super excited. Yeah. I yeah. was too. I was convinced that I was somehow in like a uh, AR, VR, uh, augmented reality type simulation where Chicago was like my city now and I could just have anything happen. I, I, I was looking for the cheat codes <laughs> to like spawn helicopters and shit. Mm -hmm. And so we get in your truck, we rush back to your spot or to my spot. And we load up everything we have and somehow just strap it all down. Uh, almost magic. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You, we, you, we skip, skip, you, you skip, skip like the, the afternoon. Huge step there. What's the huge step? What happened between <laughs> us leaving the... You said, you said, you said we... I didn't do anything. I meant, okay. I meant you and Anne. <laughs> but... Because um, what was I doing the whole time? Do you remember... Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Let me... I'm like, Mark, are you going to help? You're like, nah. What did nah. I do? What was I doing? We were just you were watching. on your phone. You were just on your phone the whole time. Like, I don't know, watching videos or I don't know. I don't know what you were doing, but you were just on your phone, fucking off while me and Ange packed up all your shit into yeah. my truck. I mean, okay. Shout out to Hopsmith again because imagine you're a dude comes in trying to hold you hostage. And then you politely take him to the hospital and then the hospital pushes him back right outside your property again the same day. And he's loading up a truck with all his shit. Like if you're a staff member at Hopsmith, you're just an absolute trooper. Cause you got this crazy guy that seems to have moved in to your establishment. All right. So you guys load up my car or you guys load up your 
truck with everything somehow, mainly in trash bags. I remember trash bags, ratchet straps, dude. There was my truck was like protruding. Yeah, yeah it was. It was. We couldn't believe. I couldn't believe we got everything back. No. Um, but tell me about the car ride because the car ride was bonkers to me. I remember we went to Portillo's, right? And I didn't have my wallet. Well, yeah, we were we we went to Portillo's. <clears throat> it was snowing, cold as shit. I don't know what time was it about that time, babe? When we finally left Chicago on Sunday. Yeah, I think it was it was dark. Oh, it was super dark. Yeah, it was pitch black out. So we go to Portillo's. I remember not having my wallet or not thinking that wallets matter anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I just remember we listened to a comedian, right? Yeah, I think it was uh, Dave Chappelle on the way home. Caught a flat tire on the way home as well. Yeah. Wait, we had a flat tire? Yeah. I I don't remember that at all. You don't remember that? I had to go out and freaking change the tire in the blizzard. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we got to fast forward a little bit. So, so we get back to Cincinnati, you drop me off to my dad and basically say, Hey, Mr. Rouse, Mark's not doing well. I'm taking all of his weed stuff. And he told me to take all your weed stuff as as partial payment like, <clears throat> as partial payment for the weekend's work no he 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 thought all of this had to do with weed all yeah. of your mental state he thought all of it had to do with with weed yeah like bad weed or or something so he told me to take all your weed paraphernalia everything you had just take it with me um yeah i told him you know you you were in the hospital he had already known by that point i think he talked to the doctor you know, he needs to get checked out. He's he's still, you know, under this impression that it's just just caused from the weed. So I took all that from you. I still have it, by the way. Thank you. The bongs? <laughs> the yeah. water pieces? I have I have all of them. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> you just there it's a good uh yeah, my parents. Nice. Those were nice Vern, pieces. Vern uses it. I love Vern. Shout out to Vern, the handiest man of all. <clears throat> yep. Um, okay, so that happens. And then like a day or two later, you end up messaging my brother. <clears throat> uh, we're not I saying up, names. I ended up messing, messaging, Facebook messaging your brother because, <laughs> no, nah, it, was, it was his brother. Because um, I knew that your mental state really didn't have anything to do with the weed. Um, and nothing had been done since we got back from Chicago. So I told, you know, your brother, there's something up with, with Mark. And I guess, you know, as we're, we have this dialogue, you know, he asked me what happened. I told him about the whole weekend and he's like, Jesus Christ. Um, you know, I'll look into it and, not a half an hour after our conversation, he's like, the apartment caught on fire. That's a really yeah. convenient way to say what happened. <laughs> That's a really uh, 
positive outlook that the apartment seemed to have caught fire. Um, <clears throat> it was like, there was, yeah. yeah, there was a fire. Yeah. The apartment. So I have a question though, kind of to backtrack a little bit um, because I've, I've talked about the fire a decent amount already, but how much was I talking about Groupon during all this? Uh, you you kind of you you were you were you you were you were under the impression that Groupon was following you and <clears throat> and I don't know like taking notes about you and whatever else like you you thought they were you know on your tail and, and knew where you were at all times, which is why you pretty much like ditched your phone, ditched your wallet. Oh yeah, <laughs> I did ditch my phone. Um, <laughs> But that was during the first manic episode. So let's transition over to that one. Chicago was the second manic episode. Yeah. yeah so there were two manic Mark episodes uh, in real life, not podcast episodes. Um, <laughs> the Chicago trip. <laughs> and then this first manic episode where I kind of went on a shop slash shop lifting spree. <laughs> God damn, that was hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, tell me about the first time you were ever kind of open to the idea that your friend Mark might be a crazy person. Like that first time, when were you just really alarmed by my behavior? The first time I saw you when you came home for the weekend. When I came home after I quit? That's more money I'm missing out on for, for this podcast here. What do you mean? It's work, man. Money calls. Oh, no. You, uh, I'm sorry. Well, all right, we'll, we'll be done in like five minutes. So anyway, the first time I suspected you were insane was when we met up for, yeah, he was insane. The first time I suspected that was um, at Echo. We met for brunch. (laughs) I remember that. Yeah, you were like, you you got done eating, they gave you the bill, left you the bill on the you said i don't need that (laughs) and just walked right out the door dude and we were walking to my truck i I ended up shout out wait wait wait. shout out to the echo uh the echoes on what edwards yeah i ended up paying your bill i think it's technically edwards uh it's a great breakfast spot here in hyde park in cincinnati someone say Um, top top three in the city yeah someone say that and um (laughs) Here on Mark My Podcast, we don't ask for any money. We just ask for free breakfast. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I didn't ask for free, free breakfast that morning. <laughs> I took it. Yeah. Uh, there was something with the newspaper, too. I, I, I basically knew that the newspaper was trying to, like, talk to me. So not only did I eat a free meal and walk out, I took the newspaper with me and said, I'm going to be needing this today. This is my guide. And, so yeah, uh, when we left Echo, we were walking to my truck because you had walked there from your house. We were going to go to Reeves to shoot, hit some balls. By the time we got to the truck, you decided that you weren't going in my truck. You didn't want to go in my truck. So you started to, like running away. Nice. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember running from you. Just, I I was kind of just like jogging. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck is he on? Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> is that where your mind went first? Yeah, just, I thought you were got on some bad some... weed, or he. He's, nah, he's, he's I, I thought spice. you were on some shit. For sure, like meth. Yeah, I don't even know, but you weren't acting right. Yeah, for sure. So, I <laughs> so you eventually get me into the truck, though. I yeah, I tracked you down like a couple neighborhoods away. We get in my truck. We start headed to Reeves. And I say, stop the car. No. You're like, there's one. I'm like, what? You're like, there's another one. <laughs> like, you talking talk. <laughs> like, if I see another one, I'm getting the fuck out. We got to go. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, there's garbage trucks, man, all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it's probably garbage day, man. So were there really a lot of garbage trucks? <laughs> there, I mean, it was, yeah, it was garbage day, I guess, you know? Okay, and I just didn't like them. Yeah, you, you thought that they were following us. That's tight. So then eventually I hop out of your truck. <laughs> yeah, you saw another garbage truck, and I was at a stop sign. You just opened the door and started sprinting away, and <laughs> like like jumped in a bush. Yeah, yeah, dude, I was all about jumping in bushes. At one point, I would hide in bushes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> My, well, okay, so so we do that. Um, like this day is going sideways. Really. <laughs> So then we go to Hemptations. <laughs> All right. So tell the story of temp- Hemptations because I already pretty much told that one. Yeah, you were just pretty much like, uh, what's the most expensive piece you got? <laughs> what a douchey thing to say. <laughs> I want the biggest best you got. <laughs> and I don't know. How much was that thing? $600. Well, I'll take it. <laughs> Ring me up. <laughs> no dude come back tomorrow mark you can get that tomorrow so we ended up getting out of there not getting the piece and out of that one saved you six hundred dollars there yeah then we went to where was it uh we went to nordstrom rack i don't know why i'm still with you at this point i don't know why <laughs> we're still out. i don't know why we're still out in public <laughs> yeah. so then the, i, I want to get this vest it was a good-looking vest, dude. You have to admit. Oh, yeah. It was from Italy. It was from Italy, so that meant a lot to me. Uh, and it was about $600. Authentic leather, though. And remember the guy that came up to me and kind of tried to push me into buying it? It didn't yeah. even work there? Yeah. <laughs> that guy was not even a salesman for Nordstrom. And he just came up to me. He's like, dude, you're right. You can't, you can't put a price on how you feel. I was like, dude, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, you pretty much tempted them that you were going to steal it you told them like what if I just took this right now what would you do <laughs> oh yeah they're like please no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I always used to press people about that shit like are you going to let me get away with this if I try to do it <laughs> um, and then you ended up having to leave after that right I ended up dropping you off back at your 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 house telling your dad you know he ain't right he ain't right again well this was the well first this was the first time and he's like yeah it's that dang weed man 
shout out to my dead dad. Um, what a man. Yeah, he was, a, he was a good man. Um, he died about two years ago from heart and lung failure, pretty much. He smoked himself to death uh, on Marlboro Lights. Uh, but he was very anti-weed for me. He thought that I was just smoking too much. And he, 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 he cared a lot about the THC content. You know, he's like, man, the weed you guys are smoking nowadays, is just way too strong. Yeah. And, you know, we used to smoke the bunk back in the day, and that was no big deal. And, and now it's professionally, you know, crafted. Um, but, yeah, he was just very – he thought it was all just, oh, Mark's too high. It's all good right um but it wasn't and then so then i started shoplifting and after you left and i got frustrated that you wouldn't let me buy anything i was like all right i'm just gonna start taking stuff so i uh i start out with um i start out with great supercuts in rookwood i go into supercuts and i steal maybe a 50 dollar value pack of paul mitchell tea tree so I basically just walked in and there was maybe four people waiting to get a haircut. So I rip the door open. I storm in. I stare everybody down. And then I just grab this Paul Mitchell tea tree thing and just walk out the door. <laughs> and <laughs> nobody said or did anything about it. So then I went around to the backside, went into Bed Bath & Beyond and stole a shower head that changes colors when it's on. I thought that thing was wild. Um, so I got that and a couple Tervis tumblers just for the hell of it and just <clears> loaded up my jacket with shit where it was so clear that there was, you know, things under it. Mm -hmm. And then I went to Rally House and stole, stole, stole the pool cue that uh, I basically shoved down my jeans, but it went above the hinge of my knee so i had to walk out of the store with a limp uh all these employees are just staring me down as i just blatantly shoplift this pool cue i end up back at my house and then i eventually want to go to gamestop and i was ready to have the new playstation and so i start yelling out my window in front of my dad out to nobody on the street. I'm just yelling out my window to nobody. Uh, like, hey, I'm coming to get the new PlayStation. Like, get ready. <laughs> get ready, people watching. And, uh, <laughs> and so I end up, my brother, my brother shows up. And I don't trust him either. And I end up running out of the apartment and into La Rosa's, which yeah, was across the street. Shit. <laughs> yeah, so I storm into La Rosa's and I steal a chair uh, that's in the waiting area. And I just start storming out of La Rosa's. Everybody's looking at me super concerned, but this one guy is walking out with his to-go order. And I look at this random dude. He's probably 40, and he looks pretty concerned, like looking at me. And it, So I come up to him. I'm like, yo, can you give me a ride over to GameStop? And he's like, uh, I suppose. I was like, all right, cool. Can I put this in? Uh, can I put this chair here in your trunk? <laughs> and he said, okay. <laughs> I said, great. <laughs> he, uh, 
he pops open the trunk and I put this goddamn chair that I just stole from La Rosa's right in front of his eyes into his car. He's probably wondering the accomplice laws at this point. So we start driving over to over to GameStop. And for some reason, the reason I thought I needed the chair was because I thought GameStop was closed and I was going to have to break in and take it. Uh, but it was the middle of the day. I could have just walked in. So I end up, we, uh, my brother shows up and sort of stops me before I get to GameStop. And then the cops show up and I end up telling a police officer that I was going to kill myself by holding my breath and sort of did the animal house, you know, like face to him. Yeah. And that's when I first ended up at Deaconess. I was there for five days on suicide watch and spent my birthday in the hospital. So how did you hear about me being in the hospital? I think you called me. That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. You reached out to me. Okay. How did I sound? That was the one on Clifton, right? Yep. Yeah. How did I sound? Stable? No. The opposite? Yeah. Yeah. I walked in there. I I didn't know what to think, man. It was very much Groupon centered at that point. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, you, were all, you were all about the conspiracy shit. Everything was conspiring against you. Mm-hmm. But what, did I have any good articulation of what was going on at Groupon? Yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. Because I just remember at that time, I was so energized and um, just invigorated by the mission down. of taking them down. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That's, all you, that's all you talked about. That's all you cared about. Yeah. It took over it took over my body pretty much. Yeah. And I just like couldn't sleep, couldn't do anything until this story was told to the masses. And we're sitting here 5 years later and I still remember everything that happened to me at Groupon like it was yesterday. It's basically burned into my head like the back of my hand or something. Mm-hmm. And um but I was just not in a good place to be having those conversations. I hadn't slept in five, six days. Right. And, you know, it is what it is. It happens. So then um, let's talk just for a minute about, you know, since, uh, since me being arrested and the, host- the 13 months that I spent at Summit, um, what what has your experience been being my friend the last like two three years in terms of like what you've seen me go through and just the stories you've heard from like the people i've met i i didn't i didn't know what to think i knew that you didn't belong in any of those places because i knew you long before the past two years i've known you since i was what fifth grade so 
you know, you, you didn't belong to be in a, you know, loony bin or behavioral institute or anything like that. And, and seeing you in there was, was tough for me. We would talk on the phone. Yeah, we would talk on the phone. And you sounded... I would call you all the time. Yeah, yeah. The first month was really scary and tough. Right. When random dudes would just be swinging on people right in front of you. Yeah, it's it was tough. And there was, I don't know, nothing I could really do about it, you know, other than try to support you as best as I could. Did you believe me, the things that I was telling you about Groupon? Um, to a certain extent, yeah. I knew that you probably had some evidence, you know, against them. But I didn't believe you, you know, when you said that you were, you know, going to be able to take them down. Over it. What's that? I said I didn't believe that you were going to be able to take them down over it. Yeah. And so far you've been right. Uh, Groupon is still Groupon, not a group off. Yeah. Yeah. But they're basically worthless now. It's a worthless company. They're publicly traded, but for barely anything. Right. And the only asset that that company holds at this point is their email list. It's the only thing that makes them as valuable as they are is the fact that, you know, million, hundreds of millions of people have consented to receive emails from them. So they basically just own their own little you know, census. Mm-hmm. They have their own population of people that are willing to hear what they have to promote. Are you still actively trying to take them down? I wouldn't say actively. But I, I, I think I'm always rooting against the name Groupon and anything related to Groupon because it's a story of greed to me. Yeah. It's a story of a couple people making way too much money while not paying taxes, while fucking over everybody else involved and just the rich getting richer while the small businesses and the price conscious consumers uh, get left to the side. Um, Groupon always had this triangle that they would show us in their propaganda. There would be the small business in one corner, the local consumer in another corner, and then Groupon at the top. And they were looking for win-win-wins, you know? Mm-hmm. Bottom line is, if you look at those three partners, um, if there's one that's just not like not carrying their weight and not bringing any value to the relationships. Uh, it's Groupon. They're just a glorified matchmaker. So you take these local businesses that want new customers and you take these local consumers that want deals on local goods. Well, if they could just meet each other without Groupon, they would kick Groupon out of the threesome as soon as possible. Right. You understand this as a contractor, subcontractor, your your entire job i don't want to i don't want to put this in a negative light your entire job is basically saying how much can i do this for how much are they willing to pay me and 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 maintain the gap maintain the margin right and that's what groupon tries to do 
they, they, they look at a, a local restaurant that is running a $10 for $20 deal. And they're saying, well, restaurant, you know, you can really get away with only getting three, $4 net from this. And the customers, well, instead of charging them 10 for 20, maybe they'll even agree to 15 to 20, but we're going to keep any sort of difference we make. Yeah. And, and we're going to just be as sketchy as we can to make as much. Cause when you're publicly traded, all you really care about are those quarterly numbers. It's so stupid, but that's just where they sit. Um, I read today that there's a company, Honey, that just got acquired by yeah, they're online coupons billion for they're like four an, billion today. Like an online coupon? Yeah. Yeah. Do you understand what Honey is? Have you ever used it? Um. Yeah, I kind of understand. I, I've heard of it. Yeah, it's just an aggregate it coupon finder. The whole, yep. Yeah. Yeah, they just got acquired by by PayPal for more money than Groupon's worth right now. And Honey's only been around for two years. When did this Something happen? Something like that. Three years ago. When did what happen? Uh, this big deal. PayPal acquiring them? Yeah. Today? No shit. Yeah. Wow. I I saw a former employee of Groupon that went to Honey post about it today. She started working there a year ago, and now they just got acquired for $4 billion. The girl already had more money than she knew what to do with. But like I said, the rich just get richer sometimes. Most of the time. Should have bought some stock. You should have? Yeah. Yeah. If you knew that that was going to happen, maybe you would have. Or if you would have known what would have ha- what was going to happen to Groupon, maybe people wouldn't have put money into it. Because Groupon was Groupon declined six billion dollars f- from Google in 2010 and went public a year later and sold at about 20 billion after the first day. <laughs> it's pretty wild. And Are you recording? Now- Sorry. Are you recording audio and video or just audio? I think both are being recorded, but I'm pretty sure the, the video doesn't save. Uh, only the MP3 saves. You want to see Andy's belly? Sure. <laughs> can we keep the audio of me seeing it? Yeah, you can keep it. All right. Oh! <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. This is How- my hit. <sighs> so uh, is it kicking up. yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. It makes my whole belly move. No. It's strong. It's That's crazy. wild. I know. That's so cool. When I'm laying and, down on the couch. And you couch, can't like, even really tell you're pregnant. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> I, I'm serious. You can't. It looks like you just had a, a long night of drinking. No, no. And you're, and you're, uh, and you're maybe a little, a little bloated. See, yeah, when you do that, you can't even tell. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> you look like you're on your period or something. Oh, no, I hope not. <laughs> okay. Okay, maybe a little bit. You look a little preggers. It's hard because it's dark back here. Turn, turn on the- <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you do kind of, you got a little pregnant to you, You're I guess. Growing up, man. Shit's going fast. Freaking out. When's the, when's the due date? March 20th. We have four months. Hopefully... Hopefully he they come two weeks early and we can share birthdays. <laughs> oh, I don't know about anything early. 
I'd rather cook a little longer. She's cook a little longer? Yeah. He's going the price is right March 21st. Yeah, I bought tickets. Me and my Ooh, mom that's a my good sister. day. I know. Um, do you know what 3 2020 is? No. That's, that's a, my, my due date. Well, and it's also Corey Seiler <laughs> and Emily Womble's wedding day. Really? Oh, really? Yep. Shout out to the Seiler's drive-thru again. Wow. Uh, Corey is about to, you know, wrap it up for life. Yep. It's everywhere. That's exciting. Yep. Signed, sealed, delivered. 320. Uh, the, uh, the mark of new life. 32020. I didn't mean to use the word mark there as a noun. Yeah, you did. Yeah, let's you did. En- let's end on that. Uh you you told me that my name is not a verb. What, yeah, you what did you na- mean by that? You use your name as a verb more than a noun. Well, it's both. Yeah. And it pretty much it's it's one of the only words that is like a noun and a verb and it pretty much means the same thing. It's just like the noun is the object version of it. Your Instagram cracks me up, man. I marked my mark with my markness. <laughs> it's a, oh, you like my Instagram captions? Yeah. Y'all yeah. better follow me on Instagram. Mark A. Rouse. Rouse. M-A-R-K-A-R-O-U-S-E. Follow my shit already. Um, we're going to end on one last topic. Uh, all the injuries that you've given me. <laughs> Uh, what, what's your favorite injury that you've given me? Probably the golf cart. Oh shit, the golf cart. The wait, which time you flipped it? The time in the parking lot when you broke no, my no, ankle? No, 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 no. My favorite injury is, is of you is when you flipped the golf cart because you <laughs> wouldn't let me drive because I flipped it that same day. That's so true. yeah. Do you remember when I told you I almost didn't wear a pair of pants because I was golfing with you and I knew you'd get them dirty? And you rode up against our cart and squirted a bunch of dirt all over it. I was heated. (laughs) But yeah, you you flipped a golf cart in the middle of a parking lot and broke my ankle. Yep. And uh, and then, all right, let's talk about Clark for a second. Oh yeah. Yeah. So tell you story. You tell the Clark story. Here's what happened. You said you can beat me in wrestling. I said no, you can't. I can let you get me in any hold or choke or whatever you want to do get out of it and reverse it and make you tap you said no way you got me in uh, some kind of choke hold and i was about to tap out and you released just a little bit and i was able to turn you over flip you down and jump on you and i don't know twist around and you put got you me in an, an arm, arm bar. bar put you in an arm bar within like yeah. a second and you were like what the fuck yep god damn i was so pissed about that yeah um okay so we're gonna we're gonna close this out um this was brought to you by rules roofs and siler's drive-thru and descript uh this is a great episode but i do want to end on just what my five was what my high five was oh we never even touched on that because yeah because we'll have to do that in your next episode but uh there's a really funny story about a snow day that we're going to have to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about your name because when I was manic or every single time I go manic, I always get real paranoid about the fact that your name's Adam and Adam is like the first man. So I always look at you as like my first friend, like you're the rock. Well, I guess St. Peter was the rock of the church, but Adam was the first man 
Uh, so you're Adam to me, and it sketches me out sometimes when I'm manic. That's uh, deep. That, yeah, that you're like the first. You're you're like you're the best man. You're the f- you're the first friend, the first man, whatever. I was t- I was toggle with that. Uh, That's and deep, we are we already talked about the fact that you're about to be a dad. That was one of them. And then just how dumb you used to look uh, in grade school. I remember the first time I ever saw you, we were on the bus <laughs> heading, to, heading home from St. Vivian. And I said, who is this crazy person with a Theo Vaughn mullet? <laughs> and and you, you had a hat on. You looked straight out of Beavis and Butthead. I was a wild child. You were wild, dude. <laughs> and then uh, and I, I was like, time. yeah. And, and, you know, you have a brother too i don't know if we should shout him out he probably doesn't care even though my own brothers have told me to keep their names off there that's fair but it doesn't matter yeah, yeah. we call him we man yeah and, uh anyway so he's got a birthday coming up hell yeah shout out to we man's birthday yeah maybe we'll uh maybe we'll have a party and we'll go on the pod about it sounds like a fun time all right all right, so this has been Mark, my podcast. I hope you enjoy. Duh. If not, Adam. Catch you on the next one. Something like that. We'll get him next time. Yeah. All right, I'll see you. See ya. Uh, ain't no doubt about it, shit is coming And I'm just praying that Lil Dicky love it Always told myself that this the type of shit I wanted I was being honest, even made a promise Not with anybody else, this was in the conscience Talking to my fucking self, that's a little bonkers I know, I still got a lot of shit to conquer I hope, that ain't even my concern though You know I'll be working till I get what I deserve Whatever totems I can personally, you know I'ma earn those This ain't even about some shit up on a checklist This about the fact that I'm about to test this I'm about to figure out what my best is I can't avoid it because now your boy invested And I ain't got a choice except to smile and accept it Pretty reckless Pretty restless cause I've lived my life expecting love to come the second my attempt was done And yeah, I guess to some extent I was correct because I'm getting buzzed But now I'm about to be ubiquitous Look it up, yeah, or that's at least what I'm assuming But as alluded to, reality is looming And now your dude about to make a move and take the truth And hope to God that when he threw that what he thought about is proven But honestly, I'm not afraid of this delusion I'm hot enough to where I know it's not illusion But obviously, I've been finding this confusing This ain't even close to what I thought I would be doing Don't get me wrong, I was born to be big But I always figured it would be the comedy thing So I started rapping just to see what drama it brings But big dogs from sitcoms would holler at me And as the time passed, I rhymed fast, the lines crashed it was high class as I mastered my craft And goddamn, who'd have thought it'd get like this? Back in 2010, music wouldn't make that list I'm talking top 5 to 10 strengths with no wings I would not lie, my pen dry with no ink Or that's at least what I thought Till I clawed and scratched the pen Till I saw a line draw Then I could've let bygones be bygones But I really wanted to rhyme till my line drawn like where the fuck is my peak at? Not brown, but I make it pop, then I beat that. Not crown yet, but I don't think I decreed that. Not loud, but you know I'm ready to tweet that. I just really hope I'm ready to be that. 
Now you see him where D's at Cause even though I'm softer than the tissue I ain't nothing to sneeze at I'm smarter where the fuck your degrees at And I ain't harder but I'm hotter homie Where the fuck your degrees at I'm about to come in and desaturate The sheet rap today and evaporate The feedback I hate I elaborate At a later date But I'm getting off the point with the player hate What the fuck was I saying? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm kind of a slave to my ambition I ain't quitting till my shit is appraised And I admit it, I predicted where I finish is crazy But that just means that it's further away So, bird about to work until he turn in his grave It's really burdensome when earning something's fun for the day But I'm concerned about the burning out from up in the stakes I'm always up in the stakes I'm taking dinner meetings in New York Always up for the stakes We exploring the discussion to great They assuring me that when I'm more elite I'll be secure and amazed But this isn't insecurity, man Like, this the opposite of that Confidence of fact My biggest problem is I can't honestly relax Because inside of me a damn odyssey and acts And I made a promise that I can't be the body to stop And they think I need a lobotomy Little dicky to prophecy Little bit of anomaly Not a commodity Not a facade or a lot of the comedy Prodigies commonly brought up with dicky Feeling weird, let me think of an analogy Just imagine for a second, what if Russell Westbrook never knew his own mentality Grew up on a farm where the biggest commonality Was people that conformed to the ruralist localities To Russell though, it was nothing but normality And he really nice up on the plow in actuality Everybody liked the kid and dug his personality And so the mutuality was somewhat rationality So then your man made a plan of practicality Not even a plan, it was more of a formality Get a little land and attend to his vitality Then raise a little fan Till it all became finality The strategy was just to stay in the course And do your chores when you're happy You ain't need to abort Never explored nothing Unless he roll around on his horse The one day he was up on his horse That's when he went past the porch The path he normally passes forth Was fast and short Was after more Went faster north The master lord The master more And then discovered the court He like, yeah Let me down, Tim Hopped off looking puzzled at the round rim Saw a ball up in the corner on the ground Then Russell started dribbling and giggling Astounded Then he shot a brick and then a brick and then he downed it And when he hit it Russell listened to the fucking sound frick Shouldn't have been a swish make and he was confounded Because he knew that he had found him But right now it was still for the fun Just a way to kill the time when the farming was done Then the walking turned to running And the hopping turned to jumping and dunking And Russell had to keep coming Because the youngin' was fucking disgusting And loving and running it all of a sudden The public started to come in abundance And fuck with him cause he was butter and hungry Hungry cause stories are glory Not normally for people like him Then the word got around up to ESPN And they flying Russell down to compete in the gym Bunch of grown men looking to belittle the kid Because the Those men, Vaughn was the reason to live And the goats, they've been all in since they was kids So this goat on the motherfucker look like a dick And even though Russell knows that he doesn't submit He just chills with a grin And then the game start and this motherfucker take charge Make it rain hard, D up on these bitches making children of men Looking better than his predecessors ever could get Turn the animosity to respect And then the thunder called him Said they heard a lot about the ballin' Told him that they wanna get involved And showed him all the shit that you can get up in the league is so appalling Oklahoma City in the autumn Hella pretty awesome Everybody laud him Every bitty looking like they really fucking fallin' Condominium is so legitimate it's sprawling. And This motherfucker on the court straight ballin' Cash all up in that ass Lollin' at the past like Where the fuck would I be at up on the other path right If I never stumble upon the game and think of that life Shit Who taking care of my farm? Who taking care of my farm? Who taking care of my farm? I really love that farm Uh K K K K K
500 million, now that's a pound cake According to Jay-Z and Drake But greatness ain't about cake